got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeff here. And in today's video, we are going to be talking about the fact that Bitcoin and crypto, and in this case, Ethereum, crashed. And they crashed pretty hard last night. In fact, ever since four o'clock this morning, Ethereum managed to pull back 12.5%. We saw something similar happen on Bitcoin. ADA had a massive crash as well, around 10 to 15%. It tried to recover, but over the last hour, that too has failed. And you might know what the narrative is in crypto as to why this crash happened. A lot of people are telling you that the reason this crash happened is because of a new update coming out of the People's Bank of China saying, hey, we are banning crypto trading in our country for, I don't know, the 15th time in the last decade. We're going to talk about all of that and more today, but I am here to debunk the idea that that news caused this correction. We're going to be looking at the time frame of all of that. We're going to be talking about what this news means for crypto. And instead of just doing a bunch of speculation, what we're going to do is we're going to say, all right, what do we do next? Because we can sit here and speculate all day long about what caused the crash. But at the end of the day, if we don't know what our next steps are and how to make the most money and profit the most in these markets in these times, and we don't understand what lessons we can take away from this, then we're not going to gain anything from this. But there is a golden opportunity to actually make something of this correction and this crash. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode of Coffee and Crypto Live. Guys, we go live 930 Eastern Standard Time every single weekday. So make sure to tune in. We're going to be jumping into our first segment, which is where we're going to talk about all of the bullish technicals. Then we're going to be jumping into our second segment where we're going to talk about all the bearish technicals. And then finally, we're going to go into our last segment where we're going to talk about all of our conclusions. We're going to discuss what the future of crypto looks like over the next seven to 14 days. We've got a lot of great content lined up for you today, but I am joined as always by my co-host, T.A. Tam. How you doing, Tam? Listen, they said it couldn't be done. They said I was done and out, <laughs> but look what's sitting on dun, my desk again dun, dun, on Friday. Dun, 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 dun. It's it's good. It's good for it to be back home where it belongs, and <laughs> I look forward to in two weeks from now opening this up again. But uh, that's to be determined. There you go. Well, guys, before I introduce May, because he is awesome, I need to give a massive shout out to Kelly Kellum, who, as always, has helped us to prepare all of this content. And a big shout out to Tim, who helped to prepare a lot of the technical analysis that you'll be seeing in this show. Make sure to go and follow both of them on Twitter. You can find uh, Tim at the crypto underscore beard, and you can find Kelly at Kelly Kellum. Tim, if you don't mind typing his handle into chat. I'll spell then you it right can, today. Go ahead and what spell are, it right today. Yeah. So make sure to go and follow Follow both of those fine gentlemen on Twitter. They got a lot of great content yeah. over there. We are also joined, as always, by Smay. How you doing, Smay? You weren't planning on pumping my Twitter? Well, um, also, go follow at that, Sticky Smay. I'm sorry. So that, that's true. That's true. Anyways, I didn't mean to guys, leave you out. Anyways, guys, today I'm in a good mood. You know why I'm in a good mood? Because I get the absolute pleasure of getting to uh, shout out our beautiful members. If you're unsure what the membership is, it is a program for you guys to be able to help support the channel, and we, in turn, give back to you guys, and I love it, and it's the greatest form of harmony that uh, YouTube's ever come up with. Let's go. So, guys, I want to uh, go ahead and shout out our special members. Christopher McFarlane, thank you so much for being a member. Daniel Walton, thank you so much for being a member. And Leo Timms, thank you so much for being a member, guys. The support is so much appreciated, and you guys are helping to bring this content every day, so I really appreciate you guys. Um, and yes. Heck yep. yeah. 
Thank you very much, Mr. Turtle King. And make sure to follow at Thicky Smay. Go ahead and run that run that lower third one more time so that people know where to find you, Smay. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter also. We got a bunch of great people for you to follow on Twitter. And you should make sure to also follow me on Twitter. I am at CryptoJeb. You can find all of those links down below. Guys, we've got a lot of technical analysis to jump on into. But, Tim, we've talked about how you have won the HODL trophy today, yeah. right? How did you win? What Kind of detail us what happened over yeah, the last Yeah, well, so crazy week. week crazy week. Uh, just to, in case any of you guys don't know what we're talking about we have a prediction every single now tuesday the three of us predict where we think bitcoin ethereum and cardano will be sitting by 9 30 on friday it does not matter where it's at on thursday doesn't matter where it's at four o'clock in the morning doesn't matter where it's at at noon it's at 9 30 and yep. so i had the lowest prediction of forty-two thousand five hundred. Uh, jeb was right behind me at forty-two six hundred, and smay was at forty-three thousand eight hundred. so smay was the highest he was actually right all of yesterday and the day before. Same thing with Ethereum. He was the highest at 3,075. I was the lowest at 2,900. He was right for most of the day. Even when I woke up at four this morning, I was like, holy cow, Smay's gonna win. What the heck? That is not what I predicted at all. But then the world made sense again. Dun, the dun, correction dun. we needed happened. We're back down below it. So, uh, but we're going to dive into that in the show. Indeed. So. Guys, make sure to also stay tuned this afternoon. We're going to be talking about XRP in our afternoon content. Hashtag Altcoins Anonymous is the new show that we started. That will be going live here in about four or five hours. So make sure to tune in for that. That's 3.30 Eastern. And then also at six o'clock tonight, we're also going to be talking about Cardano and the fact that the Cardano Summit is coming up. But let's go ahead and dive into our first segment where we're going to talk about the bullish technicals. You guys know how we break this up. We'll like to talk about the bullish, then the bearish, then the conclusions. It kind of like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start with the good on Ethereum because we like to start on a positive note. Here on Ethereum, there is something very important that you need to be aware of, and it is out here on the daily chart. The first thing to bring to your attention is that right now, Ethereum finds itself in a falling wedge. You can see that falling wedge based on these parameters right here. We have a downtrending level of support that we can see on the daily chart. We can go ahead and turn this to blue. And then we can also see this red level of resistance, this downtrending level of resistance on Ethereum. What does this mean? This means that Ethereum finds itself in a falling wedge. Falling wedges, for anyone who's gone through the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy, they will know that a falling wedge is a pattern that typically breaks to the upside. Why? Because statistically, and doing historical analysis on falling wedges, we know that 70% of the time, they break in the opposite direction that they are pointing. In this case, it's pointing to the downside, being that it's a falling wedge, so there is a 70% likelihood that it will, at some point, break to the upside. So that is a good sign. Another thing to point out here is that there's actually also a descending trading channel that uh, Ethereum finds itself in right now. That descending trading channel is set up by this high right here on the 7th of September at $4,000 uh, $4, on Ethereum, and then also with this high right here at $3,700 on the 16th of September. So we do have a falling wedge and a falling trading channel. Once we do break to the upside out of this uh, falling wedge, if we do that, then there is a strong likelihood that we will go ahead and test this descending trading channel and its level of resistance. Another bullish thing to keep in mind here, guys, this has not changed. We have talked about this for for the last several weeks, there is an uptrending level of support on Ethereum and also on Bitcoin. And then there's a downtrending level of support on this uh, this market's RSI as well. Go ahead and switch that to blue because as you guys know, blue is the color that I like to use for our support levels. So you can see that we're starting to build all of our chart formations here on our screen. Not only do we have a falling wedge, we also have an uptrending level of support holding us up and we have bullish RSI divergence. Remember back to CT2A where we talk about this, bullish RSI divergence is just whatever happens whenever there is divergence in the trend line's direction 
on the levels of support or resistance between the price action and the RSI. So in this case, we have an uptrending level of support on the price action, a downtrending level of support on the RSI. That is what is known as bullish RSI divergence. Taking a look here at the VPVR on the daily chart, we can also see that, we're, that we are essentially in a nice, comfortable pocket on the VPVR. Remember, guys, volume profile of the visible range over here is a very important indicator, helps us to find where the support levels are, where the resistance levels are, and it is something that gives us an idea of where the market finds its comfort. What do I mean by comfort? Well, in between major zones of support or resistance, the market typically likes to hang out. And that's what we're doing right now. Ethereum is hanging out right here in between $2,750 and $3,200. That is where we are most comfortable. And I will also add that over the last four days, Ethereum has pulled back and tested the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. You can see we actually went outside of them on the 21st, which if I'm not mistaken was Tuesday. We saw that big correction down to about $2,600 on Ethereum. And you guys know that I have a prediction of, maybe not a prediction, but I've talked about how there is a potential we could go as low as $2,000. And the fact that we're riding the bottom of the Bollinger Bands means we're going to bounce short term, but we're also going to talk about those bearish technicals here in a little bit. And actually, I want to go a little bit farther with the Bollinger Bands. I want to show you the four hourly and the hourly chart right now you can see that ever since we had this big correction earlier on today we have been pushing to the downside and on the bottom of the bollinger bands on the four hourly chart and also here on the hourly chart, yeah. the Bollinger Bands yesterday, remember back to yesterday's stream, we talked about how one, we thought there was going to be a correction. We talked about how we thought that the market was losing its steam and we were going to pull back. Drop a one in chat if you remember us talking about that yesterday. We have seen that that volatility has returned on Bollinger Bands exactly the way we talked about. We said, hey, look, Bollinger Bands are cyclical. The same way the market is cyclical between moving through bull market to bear market to bull market to bear market. Markets move that way. The Bollinger Bands do the exact same thing. They move from bullish excuse me, they moved from very high volatility to very low volatility, and we just went into a period of very high volatility, and in doing so, we pushed very far onto the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. But I want to throw it to Tim really quickly. Go ahead and tell us a couple of things, Tim. Well, this, the Bollinger Bands are really important, and, and, and if you go back and watch yesterday's show, just so you guys can fact check us, and, and I know it's common practice, a lot of people are like, oh, I called this. This is a case where we called this, and I'm going to read you guys directly what I wrote in notes yesterday. This was about Bitcoin, but Bitcoin and Ethereum right now are doing very, very similar things. So on notes on the Bollinger Bands on the four early chart, my notes literally say we're sitting right above the 20 SMA on the Bollinger Bands. Pairing that with a few red candles, the last time we saw that, we went back down to test the bottom of the bands. Boom. What happened? We went back down to test the bottom of the bands. On the hourly chart, my note here is constricting Bollinger Bands usually signal a breakout incoming. Looking at the other technicals, odds are that it is to the downside. What happened? Boom. We saw those Bollinger Bands broaden up and we went to the downside. This is all what we were seeing yesterday happen. It's coming true. This is a part of the plan. Just so you guys know, nothing has changed when it comes to the technical standpoint. This is actually how that price was supposed to play out. So that's why I, Bollinger Bands is actually one of my, at least in the last little bit I've been doing technical analysis, it's one of my favorite indicators to help predict a future price movement. Maybe not the exact level, but helps us predict a movement. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Look, if you're enjoying today's stream, make sure to go ahead and smash that like button. Let's see how many likes we have right now. Only 330. Guys, I know we can get higher than that. We already have 2,200 people watching. Thank you very much for choosing to spend this time with us today. We don't take that for granted, and we want to bring you the best content that we possibly can. Really quickly, let's take a look at one of our favorite indicators here on the channel. It's called Lux Algo. It is a premium indicator, and the reason that we use it and that we do promote it is because it generally, not generally, genuinely gives us great signals that we are very thankful for. 
So for example, right now, we have Lux Algo here. It is set to 29 on the inputs here, even set to 37, which is what it's currently giving us. But a couple of hours ago, it was telling us to set it to 27. You can see we had a strong sell signal that called this, and if we set this back to 29, which is where it was telling us to be a little bit earlier, you can see that there is actually an exit sell signal right here at the bottom. That is indicating that a th that uh, Lux Algo believes that we are looking at a short-term bottom. So that's a bullish sign for any of you guys here on the shorter-term time frames. If you're down here scalping or something, you have reason to believe that, hey, we might be moving to the upside over the next couple of hours, but I want to be clear on that. I'm not talking about the next several days. I'm talking about the next couple of hours. And also, take a look down here on the hour chart we're currently having a little bit of a bounce on ethereum and we have what is known as a bullish engulfing candlestick formation we have a small red candle followed by a bigger green candle and even as we're talking the market is attempting a recovery so in general guys the market is looking mm, decent it's looking decent on the short-term time frames and by short term i mean the last like 15 minutes because the last four or five hours have been an absolute bloodbath one of my final points that i want to make here as far as bullish technicals are concerned is that on the hourly chart we do have what is known as bullish RSI divergence. Remember, back to the daily chart, we had daily chart bullish RSI divergence, and here we have bullish RSI divergence as well on the hourly. That is indicating that we may be at a short-term bottom that could last between 12 to 48 hours. Maybe we do that. We're going to draw our conclusions at the end of the stream. We want to make sure we get the whole picture before we start making ideas and concepts and price predictions, but that is one of our bullish technicals. One of the other things to point out here is that we are converging bullish on the hourly chart MACD. Now, we got to remember, bullishness is not just determinant from the technical standpoint. There are also fundamental reasons to be bullish. Let me go through a couple of them with you. There is a lot of institutional interest and investment in the cryptocurrency space right now that was not here a year ago. A year ago, Elon Musk getting into, uh, not even a year ago, nine months ago, when Elon Musk got Tesla into the cryptocurrency market, got them into Bitcoin, that pumped the market like crazy. Bitcoin and crypto moonshot to $65,000. Why? Because a lot of these institutions were getting incredibly interested. In February, we saw MicroStrategy's CEO, Michael Saylor, get a ton of different executives in one room and went through with all of them. Hey, guys, look at this Bitcoin thing. Look at this Ethereum thing. Look at this DeFi thing. You guys got to re realize something. The institutions are incredibly powerful. Billions and billions and billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars of investment has flown into this space in just the last 12 months. And where am I going with this? Let me read you a couple of names. Number one, New York City. Number two, Miami. Number three, El Salvador. El Salvador, as you know, just adopted Bitcoin. Bhutan is actually going to be working with XRP to set up a stable coin through XRP. That was announced yesterday. So now Bhutan, which is not a giant country, I think it's ranked like 175 from GDP. That nation is getting involved in the cryptocurrency space. We're also looking at the Ukraine, which is looking at setting up a stable coin, but also hopefully going to be moving in the direction of adopting uh, Bitcoin and a broad scope. We also have Panama, who has been in talks of the exact same thing. Tesla, PayPal, these massive companies are getting involved in crypto, even JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, I can name hundreds of multinational, multi tens of billions of dollars of companies and nations that are involved in crypto. Where am I going with this? I believe that the last two weeks has had some manipulation pushing us to the downside. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. However, I want you to remember one thing, and that is we the small guys that have, you know, maybe zero to $10 million in crypto, we don't have 
any impact whatsoever individually on the cryptocurrency market. You know who does, though? The billionaires, the tens of billions of dollar companies, and the $100 billion GDP countries that are starting to get into the cryptocurrency space, or tens of billions of dollar GDP countries, they are starting to get into the cryptocurrency space. They have a vested interest in this thing doing well. They have a vested interest in Bitcoin and crypto and Cardano and the rest of this space exploding. Why? Because they hold so much of it. The amount of Bitcoin that these institutions hold now is remarkable. So while, yes, I think that this movement to the downside over the last three months has been had to do with manipulation and pushes to the downside. I want you to also remember where the loyalty and where the allegiance of these people lie. It lies in their pocketbooks. It lies in their ability to make money. And it is not for us to try and, well, I, I take that back. It is for us to challenge those authorities. What is best for us is what I meant to say. What is best for us is not to try and fight the whale. The best thing that we can do is say, okay, I, I guess the whales, I guess the institutions, I guess the technicals, I guess the chart, I guess the sentiment wants us to crash right now. How do we make the most out of it? How do we, how do we build the biggest portfolio that we can for ourselves and our friends and our families and give back to our community? How do we do that? The best way to do that is not by trying to fight these big guys in as far as our trades. Now, as far as our votes and everything and our voices, sure, let's fight them. But as far as our trades, let's not try and fight them. If they want the market to go down, cool, let's short it. If they want the market to go down, cool. Let's go ahead and buy the dip like uh, President uh, Nayib Bukali of El Salvador did. Buy the dip, hold on to your Bitcoin, and don't sell this crap because they want you to sell it. They want you to sell it low so that they can buy it low and they can make more money. Don't give it to them. With that said... Let's go ahead and read some super chats. And Tim, any thoughts you have on that? Let me know. I mean, so we're going to talk about this at the end of the show. We, we're working on a bit out the structure of the show. We're, we're going to talk about our concluding thoughts here at the end. So don't go away. But we do have a couple super chats we're going to read, and then we'll jump back on and get to our next segment. Uh, Asif Ramzan said, Asif from North Carolina. So he's, he's actually commented a couple times. Do you still believe that ADA will reach $10? I have 12000 ADA. How long should I do I need to hold hodl, hodl, to become a millionaire? Oh, that's a great question. So, um, and, and I like the way that you're thinking. You're thinking about how can you become a millionaire and make a bunch of money through hodling, not through, you know, just trying to do this really quickly. I think that Cardano's short-term future has a lot to do with what the Bitcoin market does and the cryptocurrency market does. If we go into a bear market, then Cardano's not going to go to $10. If we continue this bull market through uh, February and March, which I have a lot of inside information about different charts that we're going to be talking about next week that explains that we may be going that far into February and March, then then yes, I think you are going to see a $10 Cardano. If we don't do that, then a $10 Cardano might have to wait until the next bull market. But I'm personally in the camp that it's going to happen in the next six to 12 months rather than in the next several years. I think Cardano is worth it. All right, we got a great name here that's going to challenge my reading skills. <laughs> Mattis Galambosi. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Uh, don't know if it's accurate, though. Waking up with Jeb after a night shift daily. Love it. Let's go. That's Thank great, you very much. Great routine for if you have a Somebody night said shift. Jeb has a guy confirmed. More like I have a chart, but Sure, I have a guy. I have a guy now. I guess I'm like Ben. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll have guys. Uh, J JD Park uh, kind of broke my heart here because he used to be in uh, a Team Tim. He says, your yesterday's show really helped me trade. Let's go. Thank you so much, team. Cut the beard, burn the truck, turtle power. Love you guys. <laughs> JD... What happened last time that you predicted a Smay victory <laughs> for the Hoddle Trophy? Uh, maybe, actually, now that I think about it, keep predicting that way, JD, because uh, I like winning. Guys, I do have a guy. You want to know who the guy is? His name is 
Kelly Kellum, and he helps us to bring a lot of this news together. Go and follow him on Twitter. He had 100 followers when we started yesterday's stream, and by the end of today, and by this morning, he had 500 followers because you guys went and followed him. Why should you follow him? Because he's a freaking genius and knows almost everything about crypto. He's teaching he's me great. stuff. It's great. great. Kelly is incredible. He's giving us a lot of help, so make sure to follow at Kelly Kellum. I have put him in chat. Make sure to go and follow him on Twitter. I want to see him at 1,000 followers today. I know we can do it. I'm excited. We got a couple more minutes before we jump into our next segment. We're going to keep reading Super Chats. So yep. Also, make sure to smash that like button. I know we can get to 1,000 here in the next couple of minutes. Here, here's a great one, uh, and this is something actually, just so you know, genome unknown, genome unknown. I don't, I'm assuming that's right. Uh, we're actually in the process of working on stuff like this. But he said, just sign up for CT2A. But I feel like the trading view walkthrough video is a little outdated. We agree with you. And mm -hmm. that's actually one of the things we're working on fixing. Guess what, guys? I am actually re-recording the TradingView video on Monday. Ooh. It's coming. It's coming. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what You guys heard it. it before me. Yep, there you go. Chirag uh, Patel. Hi from, oh no, Bahrain. Bahrain, yeah. Uh, what impact will Bitcoin ETF have on the market? You know, if so the Bitcoin ETF has been being talked about in crypto for the last four years. Data Dash, Nicholas Merton over at Data Dash, also a channel you should subscribe to. He was talking about a Bitcoin ETF way before the rest of us were. He was talking about back in 2017. If an ETF had have come out in 2017, pfft, gone. Bitcoin would have moonshot. At this point, with how much investment we have in crypto, I just don't think that it's as big of a deal as it was. Sure, it would pump the market, but frankly, I just don't see it as being as impactful as it used to be. And the SEC and the CFTC, everybody involved with an ETF has been dragging their feet so much. If it happens, sure, it'll be a big deal, but I just think it's not as big of as big of a deal as it used to be. Tim versus names. I like that. Matt. Yeah, I, know. I just saw that comment. That's good. That's, that was good. Um, all right. Next one we got is from Eric Liddell said, thoughts on China making crypto business illegal. Also, there you go. We you are going to be talking about that in like two minutes. <laughs> He's like, can you do some TA on Tim's beard and project its length come November? Well, we a good idea. We, we should do some Let's beard I TA. I don't trim the length. So a beard grows how many inches per month? Like one? I think half. I think maybe half. Like, no, it's half an inch. That's what it is. Half an inch. It's like half an inch. I don't even. I don't even. I've never measured it. I don't. I don't uh, know. We'll see. Tim, you should. Go, you should be one of those guys with like a four foot long. But you know, like, have you guys ever dropped a one inch chat? If you ever watched the Polar Express, like you got that long beard. He didn't be that guy. We just had a new grandmaster join. Screwhead is his name. Welcome to the Jebi Grandmasters. That is our membership program. Thank you very much for joining us. We got time for one more super chat before we jump into the bearish TA. And yes, we are going to be talking about that China news. That's one of the big topics of today's stream. So let's go ahead and read one more. Yeah, we got one from Corey saying, I'm also hodling. Hodling around 8 ETH and 8 80,000 ADA and even more on VET. Financial freedom, here we come. Boom, let's go. Make sure to smash that like button if you haven't already. I know we can get to 1,000 likes here in the next couple of minutes. Let's go ahead and jump into our bearish technicals. I know this is your least favorite segment, but it might be the most important because mm -hmm. the first thing I want to say here, guys, is they want you to sell. Who is they? The people that are selling the market right now, hoping that it will go lower so they can buy more. That's what they want you to do. That's what these big institutions that want to buy the dip and they want to buy in at $2,000 on Ethereum and $40,000 on Bitcoin or even lower on Bitcoin, $36,000 on, on Bitcoin or even lower than that. They want you to sell. So we're going to talk about the bearish technicals right now. But the last thing I would want you to do coming away from this segment, which we're starting right now, 
is to get freaked out, sell your trade. I am not bringing you f uh, FUD in this video. I am not bringing you bearish technicals to try and FUD you out of your trade. I'm bringing you bearish technicals every single day so that you have both sides of the story, so that you know what you're doing, so that you don't get convinced by other people who are going to tell you the same thing I'm telling you because it is factually accurate, but then twist it in a way to freak you out and get you to leave because it'll be the biggest mistake you'll ever make. Good deal. Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump onto the chart and we will talk about Ethereum. There are a few things that we want to bring up here. One of the first things I want to show you is out on the daily chart. Let's go ahead and look at our Fibonacci retracement. Fibonacci retracement, as you guys know, is a fantastic way of finding uh, the levels that a market might go to. I have been drawing Fibonacci like this, and Tim actually pointed this out this morning, that we have a support level here between 2540 and 2615 on the, on the Ethereum daily chart. Where does that come from? It comes from our Fibonacci retracement starting down here at $1,700 and moving up here to $4,100. This zone right here, Fibonacci retracement, is incredibly important. I'm not going to go into a bunch of details about why it's important. I've talked about it in previous content. Go look at Fibonacci retracement throughout 2018 on Bitcoin and, it, and Bitcoin's recoveries. You will see that the Fibonacci golden pocket, that is between 61.8% and 65%, is incredibly, incredibly valuable. And by the way, if you don't know how to get the golden pocket up, we talk about uh, uh, Fibonacci retracement in CT2A. And also, if you double click here, you can go to your style, go ahead and switch one of these on and switch it over to 0.65 because it's not on by default. And then you will get this other little level right here on your Fibonacci retracement. Nevertheless, Fibonacci retracement on Ethereum gives us a zone of support that I'm going to go ahead and draw here with a box in between roughly $2,538 and $2,615. A lot of people are wondering where Ethereum goes next. That is one of the areas that it is likely to find support should it need to. Another thing to point out here, on the four hourly chart, there is currently, and we just got to be honest about this, guys, there is currently a head and shoulders pattern that has formed on Ethereum. It's not the greatest looking head and shoulders pattern in the world. Look, I understand how that is. The fact of the matter is when you don't have a good head and shoulders, life tends to be kind of a downer. And that's kind of what we're seeing happen right here on Ethereum. This head and shoulders pattern has a shoulder line right here that we rejected off of yesterday. This is one of the resistance levels that I don't think we actually brought up yesterday, but we meant to. This level of resistance, uh, we talked about how levels of resistance like this were brought up by this and a ton of different things on uh, Bitcoin, but we didn't bring it to you on Ethereum because we were talking about Bitcoin yesterday. But over on Bitcoin, there is a level just like that, that we're hitting our head on. You can see it right here. We saw the exact same thing happen on Ethereum with its shoulder line of this head and shoulders pattern. Well, guess what? The head and shoulders pattern here has a price target. If we go ahead and draw it here and extrapolate, it gives us a price target of 2150 roughly. I don't think we're going to go that low on Ethereum, but it would be negligent of me to not tell you that there is a bearish chart formation on the chart right now in the words, in the uh, style of that bearish head and shoulders pattern. So keep that in mind. Nothing to look at here, guys, shows up on our RSI. Take a look at the RSI here. Similarly to the Bollinger Bands, the RSI has a mid-level. So the Bollinger Bands have the mid-level of the 20 simple moving average. The RSI has a mid-level of the 50, which is obviously the center between 0 and 100. The RSI is an oscillator. It oscillates between 0 and 100. You can also learn about that in CT2A. But the 50 level is very important because 
honestly, whenever the market is below 50, it's pretty bearish and it's probably in a downtrend. Whenever the market's above 50, it's pretty bullish and it's probably in an uptrend. I mean, if we just look at the last little bit here, we kind of draw a vertical line between when we started trading above 50 and then when we started trading below 50. Guess what happened? I mean, look at this, guys. We pretty much, whenever we're consistently above 50, it's because we're in an uptrend. And when we're consistently below 50, it's because we're in a downtrend. Look at this right here. We're in a downtrend, in an uptrend. RSI gives us a lot of great information there. And whenever we look at the RSI rallying, we can see that we've actually stopped out here at roughly 50. That's really important. Why is that important? Because it it kind of goes to show that we are in a, in a uh, secure downtrend right now and that we are not as bullish as some people would like to believe. And uh, it, it just doesn't give us a lot of confidence. Another thing on our oscillators here on the four hourly chart is that as of this morning, we have seen a bearish cross. That bearish cross on the MACD is not a good sign for the short-term bears, uh, for the short-term bulls. We talked about yesterday how Bitcoin and Ethereum were likely in a bull trap and they're probably going to go to the downside. I even mentioned this on the four hourly chart MACD yesterday over on Bitcoin. Four hourly chart MACD on Bitcoin is literally identical right now to the Ethereum chart. I mean, look at the MACD. I'm switching. They are the same MACD. There's almost no difference. I talked about these two four hourly candlesticks from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. Those were the two most recent on the four hourly chart yesterday. And I said, look, the MACD is converging on itself. It means a cross is probably coming. That's what we saw happen. The cross came. That is not a good sign for the next 48 hours here on Ethereum. So definitely keep that in your back pocket. Moving on down here to the hourly chart, I want to take a look at the volume. We talked about yesterday how if we draw a vertical line right here between the center uh, on Bitcoin, but also it shows up here on Ethereum, the volume was increasing as we were going into a downtrend. Notice the price action is going down, but the volume's increasing. That means there's confidence in that movement. Then when the market started going to the upside, the volume was going down. Guys, there are, let me just be clear here. There are traders who literally, they all they look at is volume. Like that's how important volume is. There are people who have made their career for the last 40 years trading stock markets and now crypto, and they only look at volume. They're called volume traders. Like drop a one in chat for one of them. There's not a whole lot of them, but there are people out there that literally trade off of nothing but volume. It's a very important indicator. We saw the volume drop off to nothing when we were in an uptrend. That's why we said, hey, look, guys, there's not hardly any confidence behind this uptrend. It's probably not going to last unless we have some kind of, you know, random movement that rallies us two or three thousand dollars on Bitcoin, then we're probably not going to sustain it. But what we have seen this morning is that when the dump occurred, we saw a bunch of bearish volume on Ethereum. Now, those are the technicals, but we have some more tech, uh, fundamentals and news that we need to cover here. Let's go ahead and go to full screen, and I want to break this down for you because you guys have been mentioning it. It's the it's the elephant in the room, and it is a, none other than China. Let me just break down the history for you. I have some notes over here. You guys know that it seems like every other week China's banning Bitcoin or dropping some kind of FUD on Bitcoin. I've got the history for you right here. December 2013, the People's Bank of China, uh, the country's financial watchdog, and its IT ministry they banned banks from handling Bitcoin transactions. That was in December of 2013. It was at the top of the Bitcoin market. We saw a big correction from there. September of 2017 rolls around. I got in uh, the cryptocurrency space July 31st of 2017, so I vividly remember this. Let me just pause right there. When I got into cryptocurrency, what I'm about to read to you, this point says that it happened only once. 
It happened many times. China, every other week, literally every other week, was saying, we're banning Bitcoin, we're banning Bitcoin, we're banning Bitcoin, we're banning Bitcoin. It was just a mantra. It's FUD. September of 2017, it was made public that local exchanges in the country had been ordered to cease operations. So exchanges went offline. The only thing you could do over there was peer-to-peer transactions. People were mining it, sure, but you weren't going to see a uh, Coinbase open up in China. That was where that ban came from. So look at this. This trend is they're banning different parts of it. Notice that. They could have banned everything all at once, but what they're doing is they're banning different components of it. 2019 rolls around. The People's Bank of China sought public opinion on a list of industries it wanted to promote or restrict. Among those it wanted to phase out was Bitcoin mining. It's interesting. Something was released about a year later, and then Bitcoin mining mysteriously dropped off of that list when they actually went public with that plan, saying, hey, we want to phase out these industries, we want to promote these industries. It disappeared. But remember, to May of 2021, we had a double whammy. Bitcoin mining got banned in China, and Elon Musk was pumping, was just promoting this FUD about, oh, Bitcoin's terrible for the environment. Bitcoin's bad for carbon emissions. By the way, why did China ban Bitcoin? Nobody ever talks about that. The reason that they say they banned Bitcoin is because it's bad for the environment. Funny coming from China, everybody has this perception that China is the biggest polluter in the world, which is factually accurate. But to be fair to China, they are actually at least trying to cut back on carbon emissions, not because they want to be this, you know, great country that's really good for the environment, but because the carbon emissions in China are killing hundreds of thousands of people every single year and it's being a massive uh, burden on their own healthcare system. So Beijing uh, in 2000, was it 2000? Tim, do you know this? Was it 2008 when the when the Olympics went to Beijing? I think it was Gosh. 2008. Oh man. I think it was 08. It was in it. fact 2008. It was good. 2008, right? Yeah. So they, they wanted to put on a great image for the world. And then what happened? Everybody shows up to Beijing and you can't see your hand in front of your face. I'm exaggerating, but you get the point because the pollution was so bad. It made them look terrible and it just exasperated this idea that pollution is all coming from China, which again, they are the biggest polluter in the world by total amount. I might be wrong on that. Can you fact check me on that, Tim? The total amount of carbon emissions globally by country. Can you go ahead and check me on that? I believe that's true. If not, they're in the top three. Uh, by capita, I think it's America, but total, I think it's China. So there's this idea that they want to cut back on carbon emissions, right? And or that they are very bad with carbon emissions. They actually are trying to cut back on it. And that's why we saw that they actually banned mining. Big reason they did that was they said it was for the purposes of carbon. Uh, that's not true, in my opinion. They are tr- that is true. Thank you, Tim. Just check me on that. They are the biggest carbon emitter in the world. Yes, they did want to cut back on carbon emissions. I think this was manipulative. We're going to get into all of that. But this morning, we had an article drop on Reuters. I'll go ahead and bring that article up right now. It's right in front of me. Very short article. It's literally like three sentences. This, as far as I can tell, was the article that broke the news of the China Central Bank. This article was published at 524 a.m. Keep that time in mind. We're going to look at that here in a second. Shanghai, Reuters. China Central Bank vowed on Friday to crack down on illegal activities of crypto trading, banning overseas exchanges for providing services to mainland investors via Internet. The People's Bank of China also said it will bar financial institutions, payment companies, and Internet firms from facilitating cryptocurrency trading and will strengthen monitoring of risks such as, uh, from such activities. So here's the deal. This is an official Chinese um, announcement that took place. I found the article. I don't speak Mandarin, so I can't read what it says. But they did release a statement this morning. But here's the thing that Western media is getting. A a, a lot of the media is acting like this is something new. And there are certain things that are new about this. They're like fully banning it now for the, what, 15th time in history. A lot of what they said is actually just a reiteration of what they've said before. For example, remember what I said earlier, September of 2017, it was made public that local exchanges in the country have been ordered to cease operations. Well, what do I just read right here that broke this morning at 524 a.m.? 
Central's uh, China Central Bank vowed on Friday to crack down on illegal activities of cryptocurrency training, banning overseas exchanges from public um, from providing services to mainland investors via the internet. Well, duh. That happened four years ago. So why are they saying this again? Because China's scared of Bitcoin. And that's the point I want to make here. We're going to talk about this more in our concluding segment. But the point I want to make here is that China wants you to FUD out of Bitcoin because they're scared of it. Because they want their own CBDC, their own central bank digital currency to come online so that they can have control of their populace. And they don't want their people looking around saying, oh, wait a second, why would I use a CBDC when I can use something decentralized like Bitcoin or like Ethereum or like Cardano? They're threatened by it. China wants their renminbi and their currency to be the global reserve currency. And the last thing they want is for the the U.S. dollar to lose its hegemony, and that hegemony go to the cryptocurrency market. Drop a one in chat if you get that and you understand and you agree. They don't want Bitcoin and crypto to take over global finance because they want to take over global finance. That's why this came out this morning, in my humble opinion. I think this was planned. I think that this was uh, orchestrated, and I think that they realized, hey, crypto is not in a great spot right now. We're going to drop this news. But here's my last point before we go to intermission and before we start talking about some super chats and read some of those, and then we'll move on to our concluding thoughts. 524. Let's take a look here at the chart. 524, as far as I can tell, is when this was announced. When did this correction start? It actually started at 4 o'clock in the morning. So there's a there's a widespread idea in the crypto space that this correction that we saw was because of this news. And yes, we did see the market correct when this news broke. But here's the deal. Again, as far as I can tell, might be wrong on this, but as far as I can tell, this news story dropped right here. 524. It seems like Reuters is the one that broke this. The crash really started at 450 this morning. I don't think this crash had anything to do with China and with this announcement. First of all, it's FUD because they pretty much already completely banned Bitcoin in every way, shape, and form. And two, most of this correction had already started. The worst of it, the fastest of it, 5% of it in 30 minutes happened before the news even broke. Technicals are what called this correction, not China. China just exasperated it. With that said, guys, let's go ahead and read some Super Chats, and we will move into our concluding thoughts, and we'll go ahead and tell you where we think we're heading over the weekend. Tim, what do we got? Yeah, well, just we had one earlier from uh, Yard Dog, Rick4962. By the way, Rick, I got your email, um, so you were asking about that. But he just wanted to say good morning. So, morning. Rick, thank you so much, man. Uh, glad to have you here. Renny Rivera said, you guys are such a blessing. I listen to y'all every morning while at work. It makes my whole day. Thank you for all you do, brothers. Let's go. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, Kelly, actually, he said this at a crucial time, but I didn't want to interrupt you. But he, he had just tweeted by Senator Pat Toomey, China's authoritarian crackdown on crypto, including hashtag Bitcoin, is a big opportunity for the U.S. Mm -hmm. It's also a reminder of our huge structural advantage over China. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with you, Kelly. Look, we're, we, so there's things that China has an advantage over. For example, China is an authoritarian nation. Um, they can very quickly and decisively make long-term plans like their Belt and Road Initiative that's been in effect for the last 10 plus years. They can do 30-year planning, which we're kind of bad at as America because we have such short-term uh, people in office that are worried about the next 12 months. They have that advantage. The advantage we have is that we actually unleash the creative potential of our people because we are a capitalistic nation and we are, at least for right now, still a representative democracy as far as America and much of the first world is concerned. So they might have the advantage in long-term planning and strategy. We have the advantage that we make the most of our people. That's why we have a bigger economy than them in America with a quarter of the population. Uh, we got a TA question from Nicholas Blackman saying, on Bitcoin four-hour falling wedge breakout early in October and on the one-day descending triangle breakout potentially mid-November? 
Yeah, so that falling wedge we talked about earlier. Yeah, I think we're going to break bullish out of that. I just don't think it's going to happen this week. Well, I, think I think it'll happen sometime next week. I think he's actually week. specifically talking about Bitcoin. So yeah, well, it's I'm the same thing there. on Bitcoin. I yeah, show that. They're pretty darn similar. They're almost identical. The charts look virtually identical right now, guys. Yeah. That's why we're actually looking at Ethereum. We looked at Bitcoin yesterday. They're basically the same thing right now. I will show you really quickly on my chart. That uh, falling wedge I think that he's talking about is right here. That, yeah, probably is going to be breaking bullish at some point moving into October. Let's go back to full screen. All right. Uh, we just had a donation from Rave Song Records, so no message. Just wanted to donate, so thank you so much, thank man. Thank you. Uh, Corey just donated, saying, isn't it just an arms race for who wants to be the global currency? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, because we all—so I showed you a chart about a week ago where— I showed you how long world reserve currencies typically last. On average, ever since like the 1600s, there has been a world reserve currency. They all lasted on average about 70 to 100 years. The US dollar has been the world reserve currency for 108. It's time is coming. We've been losing dominance over the last 10 years. It's going to be replaced by something. What is it? The two candidates are crypto or the Chinese renminbi. It's going to be one of them. Yeah. China wants it to be them. The rest of his message just said, at first I bought into crypto to make a lot of money, but now I bought into all of it and love to see where it goes from here. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And look, guys, I want to be clear on something. I... I, I love the Chinese people. I in no way want you guys to think that I'm like anti-China people. I don't necessarily like the Chinese government because they they oppress their people. I will be very vocal on that. However, I love the Chinese people. I just want to be clear on that. want to make sure there's a very clear distinction there. I don't like the way the government's run, but that's nothing against the people themselves. Yeah. Uh, let, we got time for one more super nope, chat. That, I mean, that's it. We're, we're caught up. Cool. Oh, wait, hold on. One just came from Joffrey Fritz. He said, Go, everyone Joffrey. be careful of scammers. I've been texting one of Jeb's scammers all morning. Just wait. Just waste their time. Yeah, no, he's absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, and, and just so you guys know, uh, <laughs> uh, this is actually something that I've, I've actually begin the steps of trying to solve. We mm -hmm. do not know how it's going to happen yet. So if anyone has any ideas and you guys want to email our support team to give an idea of how to stop this, go for it. But just so you guys know, we are on top of that. We do want to get that fixed. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Please be careful. There are people getting scammed all the time. The biggest scam, and this is the one that a lot of people fall for, is send me one Ethereum, I'll send you three yeah. back. Or send me one Bitcoin, I'll send you... I'll send you five back. That is the biggest scam. I've seen like 80% of scams in crypto fall into that category, so be careful of that. Really it, quickly, I do... Okay, I was going to say, it's just dumb because literally it, it is a, you cut off one head, 10 more pop Yeah, up. no, it's serious. So, it, it really sucks. Yeah. Guys, I do want to plug the webinar, by the way. We will be doing a webinar on the 29th of September, so make sure to tune in for that. We are going to be going over what kind of chart you want to use, so make sure you tune in because we're going to be talking about, do you use the one-hourly chart, the four-hourly chart, the daily chart? Do you use the log chart, the linear chart? Do you use the line chart? Do you use the um, the candlestick chart or the Heikinashi chart? We're going to be talking about charting. So if you want to learn more about charting and how to get your foundations laid in cryptocurrency, make sure to tune in for that. The link is in the description down below. But let's go ahead and move into our concluding thoughts. Here's my first of the concluding thoughts, and I want to ask him a couple of questions. They want you to sell. What do I mean by that, and who is they? Here's the deal. They want you to sell your crypto. They want you to sell your Bitcoin. They want you not to make the most of this because they understand that this is not a zero-sum game, that this is in a certain way a zero-sum game. It's not a zero-sum game in that there's a lot of money, there's enough for all of us, but that's not good enough for the people that have sway over this market. I want to be very clear on something. There are a lot of actors in this market that have power over the ability to move the market. Charts are incredibly important. They are absolutely incredibly important. But as Dwight D. Eisenhower once said, plans are useless, but planning is invaluable. It is very important for us to plan our trades. It's very important for us to make our decisions based on facts that we have at our disposal. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, more, a little bit more about that here in a second. 
But the fact of the matter is, they want you to sell. Who is they? Here's who wants you to sell. Elon Musk wants you to sell. JP Morgan wants you to sell. Morgan Stanley Dean Witter want you to sell. China wants you to sell. Tesla wants you to sell. Not just Elon Musk, but Tesla. They want you to sell. Uh, uh, nations. Hell, El Salvador wants you to sell. Frankly, anybody who is anybody who understands the way to make money in these markets, they all want you to sell. Mm. Why do they want you to sell? Here's why. Because when you sell, the price goes down, they get to buy in cheaper because they have a long-term perspective on this market. They, the people that have a long-term perspective on this market, that's who I'm talking about, who mm -hmm. understand the major socioeconomic impact that this space is having on crypto, they are the ones that want you to sell. Why? Because they get to buy the crypto that you're selling down here. They know that when crypto drops from $52,000 to $42,000, you start asking very valid questions. By the way, these are valid questions. These are not wrong to ask these questions. You start asking and we start asking very valid questions like, are we going into a bear market? Are we going to crash down to 30? Are we going to go so low that I am going to get knocked out of some of my loans that I have on BlockFi using cryptocurrency as collateral? They want you to be asking those questions. They want you to be scared. Why? Because they get to buy the dip. Because they understand Ethereum's going to $10,000, Cardano's going to $10, Bitcoin's going to $100,000 and higher. They understand when I'm talking about a $50,000 Ethereum, when I'm talking about a million dollar Bitcoin, when I'm talking about DeFi and the cryptocurrency space being bigger than the stock market and going to $200 trillion in the future, they understand that's going to happen. Why? Because you can't stop this thing. Pandora's box was opened on July 3rd, 2009, when Bitcoin was launched and started getting mined. DeFi is the future of finance. NFTs are going to be a trillion dollar market. They're already moving in that direction. Look at what the last 24 months have bought, brought to crypto. They want you to sell. They want you to freak out when the market crashes like this. They don't want you to have confidence in it. They want you to sell so they can buy the dip because they understand that when it crashes, they make money. Billionaires are made during recessions. Why? Because when the stock market crashes 50%, those with $100 million on the sidelines, or even those in our camp that have $10,000 on the sideline or $1,000 on the sideline, they invest. Because if you want to make money, you got to buy low at some point. It's really simple. So the reason I'm passionate about this is not because I'm attacking you guys. I'm not. I'm, like, I'm passionate because I want you guys to be successful. We come on this stream every day because I want you to make the most money in crypto because I know that financial freedom is one of the foundations of freedom in your life in general. If you want to be successful in life, you got to get your finances figured out, and crypto is a way that you can do that. I want you to be successful, so I'm encouraging you, don't sell your crypto. This isn't financial advice, but you did come here for my opinion or you wouldn't be watching. Don't sell your crypto. With that said, Tim, I got a question for you. Was yeah. all of this planned? Yes. No, I mean, I believe so. Yeah. And, and the, what I'm going to base that opinion on is what are the odds of the timing of the news we've seen being released? And here's an example of how we can, we can actually determine that. The first thing you need to know is, and this is a big thing for me, I, I view most things in life through worldview. So, you know, the way I handle my personal life, I have a worldview, I run it through. The way I handle crypto, I have a worldview and I and I run these, the facts and the stories and the technicals and everything through it. And here's where the worldview is sitting right now. I'm a big believer in what Richard Wyckoff taught, and that is the idea of the composite man and what his purpose is in when he's trying to manipulate the market. My worldview is that right now, 
we are sitting in a manipulative accumulation phase. What happens in those phases when it comes to news stories? Because we can talk about the technicals, we can talk about the on-chain metrics, we can talk about all that, but let's just talk about the news for one, example, uh, one second because that's what we're talking about. He discusses the timing of news stories being put out to FOMO people in at certain moments and FUD people out at other moments so that the composite man can continue to accumulate wealth. I believe that this, the, the story people knew this was coming out. I believe actually what we were kind of in the middle of trying to decide, we need to look at a little bit more before we know for sure. But is the story even true? Was it just a FUD article by Bloomberg or other centralized banks trying to FUD the retail investor out? This is what I'm saying. My worldview is for the last couple of weeks, last couple of months, we've been in a, a, a manipulative accumulation phase by the composite man. So this did not surprise me. It actually, I was a little confused as why it took so long is when it, I thought it was going to pop out maybe yesterday afternoon, but it happened. The price came down and that's why I firmly believe this was planned. This was manipulated by who I'm not a hundred percent certain. So I'm not going to start pointing fingers. The point is though, that this was all part of what the worldview is showing us. Hey, this is what the place in crypto is right now. We should not be surprised. Yeah. So guys, look, here's the thing. I got a couple quotes here from you that uh, that Tim brought to my attention. I'm going to ahead and read to him. Number one by Mike Tyson. Mike plans Tyson. are great until you get punched in the face. I think I just said Mike Mike's Ty Mike Tyson said plans are great until you get punched in the face. Number two, Rocky, old Rocky Balboa. He said it ain't how hard you get hit. It's about hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How hard did you get hit just recently? How hard did you get hit when Bitcoin dropped $10,000? How hard did you get hit when Ethereum dropped 1,000 bucks? How hard did you get hit? You know how hard I got hit? I lost six figures, guys. I've lost a lot of money in crypto recently. So if I'm telling you to hold, I'm doing the same thing. I don't tell, I wanna be clear on something. I don't tell you guys to do something that I myself am not doing. I have seen the transformative impact that crypto can have on my life. I've seen the transformative impact it can have on Tim's life and Smay's life and Kelly's life, who helps to bring this channel. Follow him at, at, uh, at Kelly Kellum. I've seen the impact crypto can have. So if I'm telling you to do something, it's not because I want you to go and lose money. I'm not going to, in the words of Jesus, I'm not going to hand you. Do you think I would, if you, my followers come to me asking for help, am I going to hand you a snake? No, I'm going to hand you bread. I'm going to help you guys. I care about you. That's why I have so much passion. That's why I get fired up. Sometimes people say, Jeb, you're so excited. You sound angry. I'm not angry, man. I'm passionate because there's opportunity here for you to make a change in your life the same way I did. I have watched how important it is for me to be able to have money when you know a, a, a medical crisis comes up or a financial crisis comes up. I know what it's like to not have a dime and I know how much that sucks. But I also know what it is to invest in yourself and to understand principles that will make you wealthy. Look, there are things that we want to do. There are things that we need to do. We want Lambos. We want to be, you know, riding a rocket ship to the moon. We want to make 100x. That's sexy. Everybody's going to listen to this content when it's sexy. You know what's not sexy? Scheduling an hour of research into your day. Reading a book a week. You know what's not sexy? What's not sexy is you need to invest in yourself. Invest in myself. I'll go invest in Dogecoin. I'll go invest in sheep. I want to get 100x, you know, because I'm so cool. If you want to be successful in crypto, here's what you got to do. You got to invest in yourself. That's been the message from day one. That's why we focus on education here and coverage, and we tell you what's going on. So do I think this was all planned? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think that there are a lot of people who knew that crypto was in a rounding top and said, you know what? If we crash the price, we'll freak everybody out. We'll go into a correction for a few weeks, and we'll get a lower buying opportunity. Yeah, I think there was some of that going on. It doesn't matter. 
because we have no impact over that. I can't impact if there's going to be whales selling, and I can't impact if there's going to be manipulation. And by the way, us talking about whether there was manipulation or not is just speculation in the first place. So it doesn't actually help you a whole lot. It just informs you. I need you to know what's going on. But what I really need you to do is to understand what to do in these situations. Because we can sit here and cry all we want about manipulation. But if we don't know how to respond to it, we're screwed. Here's how I say we respond to it. I say we continue looking at the technicals. We continue looking at the charts. We continue understanding to the best of our ability what the market's doing so that we can make the most out of this educational opportunity. Because when the market crashes, we have a golden opportunity to learn about why the market crashed, how the market crashed, and how the market might respond next. That's my take. Tim, I got another question for you. Yeah. Since we didn't have knowledge in advance that there was going to be a big crash here from a manipulation standpoint, th since we didn't have advanced knowledge that China was going to drop this news and that we were going to have selling pressure, for example, three Tuesdays ago when we saw the market crash when El Salvador came in, since we don't know when manipulation is coming and we as the retail have no effect over that, what should we do when that is coming? Well, and what I'm going to answer this for is, is just some people might have seen it coming. Some people might have been right. Some people might have predicted this. I think the better way to answer this is what if you were one of the people who didn't? What if yesterday you saw that price going up and you were like, okay, we're done. Like we're ready to go back up. We're going back hitting 50 and you're wrong now. All right. That's who I'm answering this question for. You have two options. Number one is you can just sit on the floor and you can cry and you can blame everybody else. And you can say, oh, it's their fault. Oh, everything was fine. Why, you know, why do they manipulate? You can do that. That doesn't help you, and that doesn't help anybody else. The other thing you can do is learn from your failure. You can use this to educate yourself and continue to grow. Now, the other thing, let's answer from the other side. Let's say you were right, and you predicted that this price was actually going to come back down. You also, you can do two of one of two things. You can gloat. You can stand on the mountaintop and, and, and yell, oh, yay for me. I was so... Or you can stop and say, all right, now what can I learn from being right? Because that's another le lesson. The key here to learning is to continue to educate yourself, to have experience, and to learn from those experiences, whether good or bad. Just so you guys know, yesterday when I saw this price going up, because I was one of the people predicting we're going to see a small little rally, and then it's going to come back down. But I was watching that price, and it went way above what I thought it was going to go. And I, I literally was talking to Smay. I was like, okay, I, I was wrong. It looks like Smay is going to win the HODL trophy. I was wrong about being right. And guess what? I need to move forward and learn, hey, actually, this is a situation where I was right, and I need to learn from it to stick to my guns longer. What did I read? What did I think? What were my thoughts that made my prediction that ended up being a part of the what actually happened? And that was, A, from a technical standpoint, our pricing is correct, and B, from a, a, a worldview standpoint, we're in a manipulative, accumulative phase. We're going to see some form of manipulation happen to bring the price back down. And I got to continue to grow my experience in this field so I can continue in the future to learn and grow and grow. And I will fail from time to time. I will make a bad prediction. But what I'm going to do is not cry, not slither off into the darkness and never talk again. I'm going to use it as a learning experience to grow myself for the future. Absolutely. So guys, look, here's my final thoughts on this. And then we're going to read some super chats. Nothing's changed from yesterday. We we came to you yesterday and we showed you the technicals. Hey, look, guys, the market's rounding. The volume sucks. We're probably going to correct. We got resistance above us. We're probably not going to rally. That's what happened. You know, technicals are not always right, but when they are, they are. And in this case, they were right. The technicals said we were going to correct, and they did. Then we also had this news come out about an hour after we started the correction. Remember, the news came out after the correction started. The correction seemingly did not start because of the news of China. It came out after the correction had started. It just exasperated it. Here's the deal. And I've said this multiple times. I'm saying it one final time to hammer it home. I understand I'm repeating myself. 
you can do one of two things when things go sideways. You can cry about it. And don't get me wrong, there's a place for mourning. When things don't go right in life, you don't always have to just move on immediately. There is a place for mourning when things don't go well. Let's say you got stopped out of a trade or you got you know, uh, liquidated out of a trade. Please don't ever get liquidated. Use your stop losses. If you lost 10 grand a day, I get it. Look, it sucks. I know what it's like to lose money, believe me. There's a place for mourning. That doesn't actually help you hardly any. It helps you to cope, which is important. But what's really important is finding the lesson in it. What is the lesson in this? Here's the lesson in what we just saw. There are manipulative forces in the market. There is news that's going to rally the market or crash the market that the technicals simply can't foresee. A chart cannot tell you, hey, we're about to hear China ban Bitcoin for the 25th time and they're obviously manipulating the market. You can't predict that with technicals. It's not what technicals were set out to do, right? What you can do is you can learn from it. And you can take the lesson that investing in yourself and understanding the charts and understanding, hey, it's really important that I follow the news cycle and that I know, hey, this news just came out. That's what we can learn from this. We can learn the value of self-improvement and education because as I've always said, and everything goes back to this, guys. This is how simple this is. It seems complicated, but it's not. It all goes back to this. The best investment you will ever make is an investment in yourself. I've been saying that for three years. That's why we have the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy where I teach you guys everything I know about TA. That's why we come on this channel, 9.30 Eastern for, the, for Coffee and Crypto here, 3.30 Eastern for Altcoins Anonymous where we're going to be talking about XRP this afternoon and why we come at you 6 o'clock for Crypto Bytes. We're going to be talking about Cardano in that episode. That's why we come to you every single day because the best investment that I ever made was an investment in myself and I firmly believe that the results that I've had becoming a crypto millionaire in the last four years before I even turned 20 21, I firmly believe that you can do the same thing. How? Through investing in yourself. So with that said, let's wrap out with some super chats. Yeah, let's do it. We got a couple of these. We got one from Sazen. Sazen. It's not Susan, it's Sazen. Uh, could we look at Solana as well? Thanks. Uh, you know, Sazen, we just did a video actually last night. Jeb yep. updated uh, Solana. But it is, a, it is a project we're covering more frequently, so look for that in the future, but probably not today. Yeah. Uh, Matt C. also donated, saying, I saw that a scammer on Twitter yesterday. I saw a scammer on Twitter yesterday, too. You have to read the address. The address was at CryptoJedb. The D instead of a B. Be yeah. careful and block that address. Report is spam. Never send them money or info. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's really sad, guys. No matter who you follow, there's going to be somebody being an imposter of them and the, yeah. and you know the reason they do it is because people fall for it so we wouldn't be talking about this if people weren't falling for it i don't want you to be that person yeah. if somebody ever tells you send me one whatever and i'll send you back a number of whatever don't do it it's a scam never in the history of ever has a giveaway and by the way giveaways do happen we've done giveaways before never in the history of mankind have you ever needed to send crypto to someone to verify your wallet that doesn't happen that's impossible doesn't need to be done yeah we had one from bratitude that's an interesting name ada Ever hit a thousand in fifty years? What's your thoughts? I don't think so. A thousand dollars for ADA would mean it would be like a. I'd have to do the math, like a hundred trillion dollar market or something crazy. I just, I think eight hundred billion would no eight hundred trillion dollars is what it would have to be. I don't think that's going to happen. No. A, a, another great question is because that's also the whole question is prefaced by saying that the U.S. dollar is still around in fifty. That's years. That's true. So that's another great question. Is there will be? I think there's going to be a point where we're going to stop comparing projects to the U.S. dollar. Yeah, and I agree. We're going to start comparing it to whatever it takes the top dog. I think it's Bitcoin, but yep. could it be Ethereum or Cardano or something else? Yep. Uh, but yeah. Um, let's see here. We got two new super chats, but I'm going to come back and grab those in a second. We have a donation from Mark Huang. Didn't want to say anything. I think earlier he shouted out the Hokies, so go Hokies. Go Hokies. But he just wanted to support the channel. Uh, Gatidius Telecom. That's a great I saw name. Smay about to try to make some. Smay doesn't get the camera right now. 
he doesn't get to talk. No, I mean, I mean he's got the switcher. I know. So. What was I? What would? What do you think I was gonna say? You? I? I don't even want. I'm not gonna go Mountaineers, them. baby. Go Mountaineers. Shut it. Oh my God. Uh, Gatidius Telecom said, "Hey guys, three billion people on Facebook. How many Chinese are going to use it to trade crypto once it gets in? We don't need China. They will buy it more expensive. It's behind the Great Firewall. If they don't want their people getting access to Bitcoin, it's going to be very hard for the people to get access to Bitcoin. You guys don't. You got. If you don't live in China, and I've never been to China, but I've done a, quite a bit of research on it. If China is very it is very hard to do anything in China without China allowing you to do it. Like mm. they are implementing something called a social credit score, and if you do anything like talking bad about China or talking bad about a government official, you lose you, you you lose score. The same way you have a credit score in the first world, you lose your social score. And if it goes too low, you start losing things like internet access, the ability to fly, the ability to use their um, uh, high speed rail network, the ability to leave the country. So basically, if you don't comply, you lose rights. They literally just say, "Hey, if you don't do what we want, we start stripping your rights away." That's why I'm so vocal against the Chinese government, nevertheless. All right, we got one from MV saying, I only buy the dips and ignore selling at the top in short terms because yep. it's hard to know when it's the highest and when it's the lowest. Is this, is this re reasonable? That is how I've always done it. I, to yeah. this day, I've been in crypto for over four years now. I, to this day, have never cashed out of crypto. Ever. Period. Full stop. I've never taken money out of crypto and done anything with it. Every single Satoshi of crypto that I have ever taken into a wallet has remained in crypto or a stable coin. Of course, um, if you're trading, then you got to trade into a stable coin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about saying, oh, I have uh, five Bitcoin. I'm going to take five Bitcoin out and buy a Lambo. I've never done that. I've always bought the dips, held the tops. That's how I've always done it. It's my personal strategy. Gotcha. We got one more Super Chat, and then we're going to wrap out this uh, stream with Super Chats. Uh, but from Kelly Kellum, just giving an update. We're going to wrap up the stream yeah, from this thing. Uh, Kelly Kellum said, bunch of whale alerts, tweets showing that a ton of stable coins being minted tends to it's front true. run market pumps upward. It is true. Absolutely, guys. So look, here's my final thoughts. The next week, moving into this weekend, might not be incredibly bullish, but... I do think we have something big on the horizon, and I don't think this bull market is over. I'll be honest with you. I don't think we're in a bear market. I really, really don't. So, guys, make sure to follow all of us on Twitter. You can find all of our handles down below, but also make sure to follow Kelly at Kelly Kellum, K-E-L-L. Y K E L L A M. Make sure to follow Kelly on Twitter. He's currently at 500 followers. I want to get him to a thousand. He's one of the people that helps to bring this content to you. Helps us with all of our research and note taking and planning for this stream. If you guys want to support the channel, also consider checking out our membership program. You can hit join down below and make sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, guys. We're one of the fastest growing channels in crypto for analysis, and the reason is because we're trying to bring you high quality educational content that helps you to make some money in crypto, so you can go and give back to your friends and your family. Look, I want you guys to have toys, but what I'm really concerned about is not you getting a Lambo. I'm concerned about you being able to pay the medical bill if your father has to go to the hospital. I'm concerned about you making sure that your kids can go to college. That's what I'm concerned about. Sure, I want y'all to be rich. Great. But I'm really more interested in making sure you have financial security and stability and freedom because that is what is going to help you build a great life. With that said, guys, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. That's all I got for you today. Before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace.